Light beer, dark money. Agree on something. Politics, culture, and the intersection of faith, freedom, and free enterprise. And now, live from the Star Worldwide Network Studios, here are your hosts, Light Beer, Chris Clements, and Dark Money, Sean Noble. Welcome back to another episode of Light Beer, Dark Money. I'm Sean Noble. And I am Chris Clements. Good morning. Are. How are you? I'm dragging. You're tired. I am tired. You had some excitement last night. Oh my goodness. I had this really impulsive thought yesterday morning. I woke up. Actually, it, was, it, it started the night before when I saw that the Eagles were playing down at the Footprint Center. And I realized that I've gone through my entire life and I've not seen the Eagles live. That's pretty even when Even when Glenn Fry was live. And so I made a couple phone calls and I convinced my very lovely, amazing wife who's got stacks of stuff to do right now to accompany me on uh, just kind of a lifelong, you know, bucket list. Yeah. And uh, got to see the Eagles live, got to see Deacon Fry come out for a couple songs, Glenn's son. And um, no politics, you know, Don Henley is not, a right winger by any stretch of the imagination. Nope. Uh, this is this is a group that that supported Alan Cranston for Senate for years, and Joe Walsh even ran for president uh, back in the seventies. But you know what? You have to give uh, Mr. Henley credit. He still has the pipes at the ripe old age of seventy five. Can still drum very very well. But the hero of the evening, bar none, was Joe Walsh. Really? Who? For all intents and purposes, can barely talk, but he can play the guitar and his voice still sounds great. And it was fun to watch because life's been good to me so far. And that was an amazing thing. And yet they're all they're all like 75. Vince Gill is 68. Now, he looks a little worse for wear. And the youngest guy on stage was Deacon Fry. He's like 28, maybe 30. And he's had some health issues. And so he's cut back on his stage presence. But he comes out for three or four songs to sing. You know, some of his dad's songs, which has got to be hard. Yeah. He was on tour with them for like four years, four and a half years, and started having some health issues. And I can't imagine. I mean, having lost my own dad, and we've talked about it on the podcast at, at around the same age, 24, 25, then he jumps right into the family business, touring with the most, well, really the most iconic American band ever, I, easily. The, the largest selling American band ever. Are they? Yeah, they are. Right up there with Michael Jackson as in terms of, uh, you know, gold records and all that stuff are the Eagles. Interesting. And uh, so that was good to see. And, and Joe Walsh was pretty amazing. Pretty incredible. Good. But, you know, it's what's interesting about that. that they're 75 and they how many different like farewell tours have they done? And they're still going. Yeah. I didn't realize that they were still going. Yeah. Unlike I been paying attention, you know, unlike our fair president who can barely walk up a you know a flight of stairs. Well, he is five years one. older than these guys. Well, but it's, but still, it's it's kind of frightening, right? I mean, one of the articles today in, in National Review, one of the lead articles by Jim Garrity, Biden's age can no longer be ignored by Democratic elites. You know, on the menu today it says a new poll shows that sixty eight percent of Americans think that President Biden is too old for another term. Imagine that. Not shocking. 
Actually, the, the surprising thing is it's 68%, not higher. Yeah, well, I mean, if, if it's a blended poll, you have to think that Democrats yeah. must Although, think that, that he's, he's doing just a, a tremendous job reading from the teleprompter. Some. The, but a lot of, you know, there is, the discussion about his age is not going away. In part because he's not getting any younger. No. <laughs> Time no. marches on, right? So the challenge for them is going to be, when does he, because he's likely to announce soon. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's getting close. They're dropping hints here and there. It's, it's basically, he's running. It's just they have to set up, you know, when they're going to formally announce and where. But I'm telling you, there's a lot of Democrats in the establishment who don't like this idea. Oh, I, especially I, I, because th- if Trump ends up not being the Republican nominee, that's a real problem. For the Democrats, because Biden against anybody but Trump probably loses. Well, you can't imagine that he would actually run if Trump loses. You know, I mean, if if he thinks that Trump's going to lose, that he's going to put himself out there. I mean, one of the one, one of the other other points that the article makes is Joe Biden's closest advisors have spent months preparing for him to formally announce his reelection campaign, but. With the president still not ready to make the plunge, a sense of doubt is creeping into conversations around 2024. What if he decides not to? I just can't believe that he makes it to 2024. His, well, because because cognitively, as we we I mean we talked about in nauseam here, it's not getting any better. It's getting much much worse. Well, it, it's actually I, I will say he has declined slower than I had anticipated two mm. years ago. Really? I do, yeah. Well, because of your experience yeah. with, your, with yeah. your own father, of course. So, so I'm not going to say that he won't make it. Um, I think one of the challenges they have is the, this Trump issue. And, you know, we have said on this podcast, Trump should not run. Should not run. Well, I, I think by all indications, his family would even agree with you well given how little they are engaged well i mean yeah a lot of reports are that they are not in favor of of this course of action shocking right yeah i mean his kids have (laughs) have advised him against it his daughter his wife and and uh and he hasn't really been out there running i think that you know he he Got laudits for last year or last week, excuse me, going to Ohio and passing East out Palestine. Trump water, East Palestine, when uh, the president would not, has, refuses to. And Pete Buttigieg finally went after Trump went because he was shamed into it. But but the he, the laudits were this is Trump being Trump. This is what got him the election in 2016, going to the people, being self-effacing. He went to a McDonald's. One of the cool lines that he says, I know this menu better than all, all of you. Let me order for you. Which, that's... It's that's, true. It's true. And, but that is what he did a lot in 2016. Um, and he was not able to do for various reasons because of COVID and, and, and I think just because of circumstances in, in 2020. He, he was not that man of the people, even though he's Trump, which is a multi-billionaire. But when he shows up in his red hat 
and his blazer and his white shirt and his khakis and his tennis shoes, and he just m mingles with everybody, that is very, very effective in terms of campaigning. Yeah. It, uh, the question is whether or not he's got the ability to do that enough. Well, it, it, there's all kinds of questions. Is there still enough of a base to get him the, get him the nomination? The answer is probably yes if there are 10 people in the race. You know, yeah. if this is 2016 that, all over again, this, this is probably his to lose. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see, you know, so far we just have Nikki Haley's officially in. We've talked about that. Uh, and we already have a debate schedule for August. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah, I read, First debate's I read in August. That. Yeah, so. And I don't, they haven't said what the parameters are, what would qualify you for the debate stage. But so, so you have to imagine that obviously before August, you'll have people like Tim Scott and Ron DeSantis and Mike Pompeo and Mike Pence. And it's going to be a crowded field all know, over again. A bunch of more, potentially a bunch more. Yeah. Uh, jump in. Oh, oh, we do have another one. It's uh, this this tech billionaire, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is I had What's never heard name? of him. Oh, he's been on Before. some of the talk shows. I, I don't. And stuff, I don't watch TV, so that's probably why I've never heard of him. Uh, What's but his name? what is his name? It's like. Vivek Montvoy. He's from Ohio. Yeah. Originally. Uh, but he's jumped in. Yeah. Ramaswamy. Is that right? No. Is it? Yeah. Something like that. Anyway, for the... shows you how much we've been following yeah. what he's doing, which is... Well, you know, that should tell you something. He's, he, um, he wrote a book called, what, Woke Incorporated, I believe. Vivek Ramaswamy. Ramaswamy. Yeah. So right. he... Yeah. That's, that's was his his claim to fame in terms of calling out corporations and, and institutions that have gone completely, you know, woke and off the deep end in terms yeah. of so social policy. Yeah. So he announced within the last week or so, right? Well, the 21st of 21st of uh, February, so more than a week ago. Yeah. Multimillionaire but, biotech and entrepreneur. Uh, how old is this kid? Uh, I'm guessing he's not even 40. But I don't know. So that puts him in a, you know, whole category of uh, new generation. So you had, have we talked about Don Lemon? Don Lemon. Uh, no, we've not talked about Don <laughs> Lemon and his, and his implosion. No, oh, not particularly. The outrageous... Well, Nikki Haley's not in her prime. Women are in their primes in their 20s and 30s, maybe 40s. Look Google it up. It. <laughs> Look it up. Google it. <laughs> I couldn't believe it when I watched that. This is a guy who's supposed to be like, I mean. But he's already been demoted to that morning show to, uh, and, and doing it with, with uh, two women that he did not respect. Well, he clearly and doesn't respect them. And, 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 and doesn't respect women in general, obviously. Uh, apparently. Um, and... So he, I think he's, and then now he's going to um, retraining. Sensitivity se training. Sensitivity training, which is sort of just a little slap on the wrist, you know. Anybody, Be sensitive, Don. Yeah. Be sensitive. Any, anybody else would have been fired. But because I, Don I Lamont mean, is who he is. 
Is it Lamont? No, it's Lemon. Oh, okay. But he uh, he pronounces it Don Lamont. Does he really? Yes, he does. No, he does. Yes, he does. He does. Yeah. Wow. Lamont. Yeah. So he's he's part of the you know. Is he French? <laughs> no, he's just he's <laughs> he's just really sour. That's all. Uh, but but yeah, he attacked uh, Nikki Haley. And can you imagine anybody saying the same thing with Hillary Clinton in 2015, 2016? Oh my gosh. Conservative or liberal. Absolutely. Kaboom. Exploded. Yeah. Kaboom, exploded. Rico. Kaboom. Well, and speaking so, of, has Hillary weighed in on this no. against Lemon? No. I don't, I don't believe so. But I mean, it's just outrageous. Uh, Nikki. Haley rightfully attacked him completely. And, and, but guess what? Got a lot of people on the left on her side. Yeah. You know, women of both left and right. She's, she's only 51. Yeah. Right? She's, she's pretty young and he still so didn't clarify what he meant. Like, what do you mean exactly? He actually, he did need to clarify. He meant what he said. Not people, in her prime. Women in their, pr- are not in their prime after their twenties, thirties and maybe forties. Cause Goog- he Googled it. Google it. He Googled. It. You can Google it and, Figure it out on your own. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Well, I mean, that just shows how age and ageism in in many of its forms is going to creep into this election, both on on, you know, the Republican side (laughs) because of because of Trump and also a new generation that's coming up. And also, you know, well, on the Democrat side, because with the stark issues of Joe Biden. Yeah. Cognitively, physically. I mean, if Nikki Haley is past her prime. Narcotically. Is that a I word? mean, Joe Biden is. Is that a word? Can you look it up? Dead. If Nikki, if Nikki Haley's past her prime at fifty-one, Joe Biden is dead. By Don Lemon's. Well, I, in that case, I can't argue with him. So you know, I just couldn't believe. Well, I guess I could believe he said it, and then it just blew up the next day, and and he he went on vacation to Miami for three days, you know, gave a half. He didn't even give an apology. He called, apology called his, really apology. His, his comments unintelligent and um, irrelevant or something like that. <laughs> Vivek Ramaswamy is 37 years old. Yeah. Well, more power to him. More power to him. He's two years beyond the, uh, the cutoff of being qualified to run for president. Yeah. Or admit it, you know. Whatever. By the but, time, but we're going to enter the same problem that we had in 2015 if this continues, and that is, as more people enter the race on the Republican side, it absolutely benefits Donald Trump because his base is between 30 and 35 percent. It might not be that high. Well, it could be even lower, but, but the if, more even people, if it's 20, 25 percent, you know, right now the only two people who are polling with any sort of dramatic effect within the field are Donald Trump and. Ron DeSantis. Right. Everybody else is in sealed digits to, you know, <laughs> 0.0 digits. Yeah. I, the the in, interesting thing. So I did an interview on Fox Sunday uh, with a Democrat consultant back in 2015, before Donald Trump announced for president. Mm-hmm. So this was, you know, probably February, March of 2015. At the time, Walker... There was a new poll out that showed Walker was in the lead with 15% of the vote. Jeb Bush was 12. Uh, and then various people. Um, Rubio was like eight. Eight. At, yeah, at seven most. or eight. I don't think seven he ever broke out of seven or eight. Well, but he did way, 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 way on. Yeah. You know, because he, he was towards the end. 
you know, a lot of people dropped out, and he stuck in there <laughs> until, until Florida, called him Little Marco. Little Marco, yeah, and man, then it became, man. it ultimately just became between Trump and Cruz. Yeah, right. So the reason I point that out is that it just so happens that on that segment I said, "Watch Marco. He potentially has." You know, he's got room to grow. He, he, and, you know, that turned out to be true in the sense of he became a viable option late in the game. But that was before Trump got in. So, you know, he completely changed the whole dynamic. So he's a known quantity now. And, uh, but I think his support is, has been diminishing Dwindling day by day by day. And so the real question becomes not really what happens by August, this August when they have the first debate, but what happens, you know, by November, January, February of early next year. Yeah. A year out. What, 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 what does the field look like that at that point? I, you know, I don't think a lot of, what Trump is doing in terms of t- attacking Ron DeSantis with his Ron DeSanctimonious, you know, he's trying to t- label him or put a name on him. That's backfiring because so much of the base who support Donald Trump, like what DeSantis has done in Florida as a marker for how we can win, how conservatives can win and how conservative ideas and public policy can win. And so it's, that's what seems to be backfiring. And so when DeSantis enters the race, now they're predicting maybe June, you know, what will the race look like at that time? Well, I think, I think, you know, Pompeo is in, Pence is in. I don't think either one of them, Pompeo might actually have some legs in terms of the debates. He's incredibly intelligent. And I think he's going to appeal, both he and Pence are going to appeal to the evangelical um, wing of the party for sure. Well, and, and, definitely and the, more so than, than Trump at this point. Yeah, and the hawkish wing of, of the party that wants to be engaged in world affairs. Yeah, and yeah, that, that will be, because Trump is taking very much a dove position on foreign policy. You know, get us, keep us out, get us out. And he, and he announced, you know, these, all these trade restrictions that he would impose on China Um I mean, all very interesting and not very conservative. Yeah. Um, so it will, it will be interesting to watch how this develops because one of the things that you see from Trump people is, oh, it's got to be Trump DeSantis. That's the best ticket. That's our great ticket. So, so at the same, but then at the same time, Trump is trashing DeSantis. So it's like there's this kind of, like tension between Trump himself and Trump's supporters, Trump supporters trying to diminish DeSantis by not criticizing him, but saying, Hey, he should be Trump's number two. So Trump DeSantis in 24 and then DeSantis in 28, you know, that's kind of that been there after we lose again. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, the, the the issue with that is the independent vote, and the independent vote is not well. First for, and for first Donald and foremost, Trump. the issue with that is that one of them would have to go register in a different state because you can't have yeah. two from the same state. As and evident, it, you know. Remember, Dick Cheney was a resident of Texas when he decided that he should be the vice president. 
candidate for Bush, and Bush said, okay. Then he re-registered in Wyoming. you got to go settle up so, <laughs> somewhere so else. Is, so where, where do you think Trump will go? Go, I back, mean, to go back to New York? I don't know. Yeah. I think I think It would Trump, look goofy to go anywhere but back to New York. I you know, I think Trump is going to... I mean, the, the knock on Nikki Haley, to go back to that, is that she's running for vice president. Not really president, because she, she'll never get enough momentum to carry her over the finish Well, and line. I said on the podcast... Uh, and there might be a lot of those people running for vice president, including Tim Scott, including... You know, there's rumors that even uh, Arizona's own Carrie Lake is kind of in the running if she doesn't run for the Senate here. Nope. <laughs> Not. You know, she's, she lost. Yeah, she I'm lost. Just, she'll... Uh, she doesn't think so, though. Well, she's going to carry it all the way to the Arizona Supreme Court. Yeah, she'll she'll lose at the Arizona Supreme Court, uh, and then I think. But then does Trump like offer her an olive branch and say, "Hey, let's announce now. Be my running mate." Like now? Like like we'll run together. We'll be a movement together. I mean, you we created this had, movement in Arizona, and you lost by seventeen thousand votes. We haven't had a a a ticket run. It'd be that an interesting early. strategy. I mean, it's not going to happen. No, he's not going to pick Lake because she's too good. And what I mean by that she'll, is that she'll she outshines him. She'll yeah. overshadow him. She's more Trump than Trump. That is that's an interesting point. I mean, she she's more attractive. She's more articulate. She's more disciplined. I mean, he can't afford to have. He can't afford to have somebody. He can't afford out, to have somebody like that outshining him. <laughs> oh my goodness! Especially the upstart from Arizona. My goodness. Yeah, that's just that's an interesting point. I think no, I, true, I think it would be I, a, I mean, it'd be a huge strength for him, and I think a lot of people would would uh, gravitate towards that ticket for sure. You know whether it would win or not. That's that's something he, entirely. He's different. incapable of sharing the spotlight. Of sharing the spotlight. Yeah, and yet he wouldn't have won in 2016 without Mike Pence, and that wasn't a big spotlight. But it was a grassroots move that was smart, in well, my it, opinion, because he was able to bring it, in folks who would never this, vote for Trump. Right. Never, ever, ever in a million years. And I'm talking about faith-based voters, uh, not just evangelicals, but Catholics, Protestants, um, Jews, Muslims, people whose faith is a center point of their life, changed their perspective enough to pull that lever for Trump because Mike Pence was on the ticket. Yeah. Well, especially after the, the, uh, what is it, Hollywood Insider or whatever the. the oh, my gosh. With uh, Billy Bush. Yeah. That, uh, if, if it had been <laughs> was, anybody but Pence on the ticket, it probably would have been fatal at that point. Well, but again, look, look who Trump was running against. I mean, you had so much going on that month. If you remember October yeah. 2016, you had the Billy Bush thing, and then you had um, Hillary's uh, Huma's laptop, or with with uh, Weiner, with Weiner, with Anthony Weiner, and that whole investigation. And then you had the FBI, you know, opening up a new investigation into Hillary's emails a week before the election. It's just and then it the was, weekend before the election, we didn't find anything. We didn't find anything. It, it was chaos. You know, and at the same time, I, I, I still maintain that that election was a false choice between the sociopath 
and the narcissist. And you can pick and choose whoever. Whichever one you think. (laughs) Whichever one you might think. And hopefully we have a better choice this this election. I think that's what everyone's hoping for. They don't want to go back to the past. And And I think the general consensus is amongst the electorate, neither Biden nor Trump. Can we get some new blood? Well, I think that is I think the general consensus of the, of the needs of to most Americans. The problem is that they're not primary voters in the Democrat primary or the Republican primary in these particular states that matter. You know, for the Democrats, it's now going to start with South Carolina. Yeah, South Carolina. Nevada. Those are two. Michigan. Those are the early states now. Uh, on the Republican side, it remains Iowa, New Hampshire, Hampshire South Carolina. then South Carolina. So, uh, yeah, it'll. Uh, I think it is, for the most part, if you ask the average American, they would say, yeah, we need to move on. I mean, it's we are far past the time that boomers should be in charge. <laughs> yes. Far past that time. Yes. We have some gen- good... Solid Generation X candidates running. I mean, even this millennial. Oh. Vivek. Vivek? 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 Vivek. Vivek. Yeah, somebody correct us. Vivek. Well, I mean, Vivek. his book was, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit familiar with the book. And he was one of the first ones to call out, you know, the wokeism that was going on in corporate America and, and what needed to be changed. But he's a self-made millionaire who founded a biotech company at 28. Yeah, impressive. So, I mean, obviously, well qualified, you know, from a from a just uh, competence standpoint. But uh, but it's going to get pretty crowded, and uh, that that serves Donald Trump. Well, it will get crowded, and, and, and it does uh, serve. But the but the best thing that that DeSantis has going for him is that he's very disciplined. He's going to continue to be disciplined. And he's not, you have to believe he's not going to let Donald Trump throw him off with name calling and everything else. So the more people see that, and, and I think people are gauging for a, kind of the rumble in, in the jungle sort of debate stage. And, and, and once, once DeSantis gets in the race, um, then people make their own choice. Yeah. That's true. That people just, well, it'll be interesting to watch. <clears throat> but, 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 you know, um, the other thing that they're going to have to contend with is, you know, this idea that we were all conspiracy theorists over the last three years. <laughs> Are you aware of that? I am aware of that. Do you know you're a conspiracy theorist? I am a conspiracy theorist. You know, I'm a conspiracy theorist. You know why? But here's the thing. Is it being a conspiracy theorist when the conspiracy is actually real? I, I don't know anymore. <laughs> That's why I'm asking the question. The conspiracy was real. Because thousands of people were banned completely, deplatformed for saying one simple thing. The COVID virus originated in a in lab, lab in Wuhan. Yeah. Not in a bat form stew in a wet market 100 yards but away. But we're still not sure. We're still not sure. The it's FBI not, seems to be sure, and, and the Department of Energy, Energy is sure, and the Senate is sure, and the House is pretty sure. The only one who's not sure is Dr. Faustus. Yeah, well, he he still is clinging on to this he idea that admit it. 
I, I didn't fund gain-of-function research through a third party. I didn't. I really didn't. Well, maybe I, I did. didn't create this. I didn't create this. I didn't weaponize it. Well, maybe it was weaponized ahead of time. Maybe it was going to be weaponized. And here's the other conspiracy theory. The bats theories. weaponized it. Oh, the bats. It was all. It, was it all came bats. out of the bat cave a thousand miles away. Yeah. And here's the other conspiracy theory. You know, masks don't work. Masks don't work. And now there's a study out of your out of out of England that took all these different studies and put them all together and extrapolated. And guess what they found? They don't work. Masks don't work. Yep. Do you Shocking. know? Do you know that that experimental vaccines have side effects? What? If you said that uh, two years ago, <laughs> you would have been deplatformed. You would have been canceled. You would have been tossed out of all social media. But guess what? There have been thousands and thousands of young men who are dying because of the side effects of a experimental vaccine. It's a little known thing called myocarditis. Yeah. It's, a, it's a heart arrhythmia. I mean, we have seen a lot of young guys die. It's, it's absolutely frightening. I mean, not to all kidding aside, it's one of the things that um, we did not get our kids vaccinated because they already had. Co- oh, here's the other thing. Oh, guess what? The fourth Natural one. Natural immunity. Actually Natural is immunity more, is just better. as good, if not better than being vaccinated. So what I was about to say is we did not have our kids vaccinated. Why? Because they both got COVID the first year. And we we believed the science in, in natural immunity that natural immunity yeah. exists and it's real and guess what it works it worked <laughs> it worked but we're all conspiracy theorists because of it and we I mean how many people myself included I I just would not even touch that on social media because I saw what was happening on Twitter and Facebook and everything else and people are getting canceled right and left I'm like you know I know what I believe I know what the science says I know what my own doctor is telling me. And most doctors, what people probably don't know or are not aware, most doctors would not say any of this openly, but they were counseling many of their patients, you know, depending on their age and their, and their comorbidities and everything else, uh, you know, against vaccines, against, you know, if they had COVID, um, many doctors would say to you, well, you already had COVID, just you don't have to don't worry, get don't vaccinated. You know, unless your job requires it or, or something extraneous requires it, in which case don't get 50 shots because it's going to affect you adversely. And right. that's what we're finding today. Imagine that. Well, and it's, we're, we're years and years away from all of the impacts, uh, being able to discover all the impacts, but it's only going to get more and more challenging, uh, both from a health perspective, but also a mental, mental health perspective. Oh, we've lost. I mean, look at the, the two years of learning loss that, yeah. that was, oh, my goodness. You know, that was, that was forced upon um, the children of America. Two years in public schools. I mean, California is, a, is, they can't account for like 100,000 kids. Yeah. Because they've just dropped just off. Just lost. Just lost. Just lost. You know, the, the cities that have crumbled because of the lockdowns and, well, and it, the licenses that 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 the left has carried on with defund the police and everything else. It's it, we're it's going to take another decade at least to get back what we lost. It'll be interesting to watch the I've, I've said that phrase a lot today, but <laughs> Chicago just had an election. Mayor Lightfoot lost. 
imagine not that. gonna be real first first incumbent mayor Democratic mayor in Chicago to lose in 40 years 40 years and and Chicago is just a big union Democratic machine so like the people who won aren't exactly you know they couldn't win here overall. no but but but, there is but a, the alternative but the two that are going into the runoff are fairly different one's a white guy <laughs> and one's a black guy the white guy is a former education chief and uh, ran on a very much a pro-police platform, whereas the other guy is running on more of less, you know, less police, more social workers platform. So yeah. it will be... Paul Vallis and Brandon Johnson differ yeah. on crime, says Yahoo News. Yeah. Well, uh, that is going to be the centerpiece of that election. It's not, not going to be so much what the teachers' unions want, although um, Brandon Johnson is in their pocket, and they've got, a, um, they've got a contract renegotiation coming up next year, and they're hoping to push him over the finish line so that they have somebody on the, on the other side who's just going to do their bidding. Right. And one of the worst places to be a kid in America right now is Chicago, Illinois. 100%. One of the worst places. Because you're not getting educated and you might well, get killed. Yeah, you're not getting educated. Uh, the teachers unions have shut down the entire school system for the better part of the last three years. And your chances of getting murdered on the street for no apparent reason is, has increased however many percent, a couple hundred percent. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a disaster. And, uh, I mean, it's affected everything about Chicago. Their tourism, you know, people don't walk down the, you know, the magnificent mile anymore nope. with... Certainly not at night and during the day with a you know, sense, of, sense of foreboding and, and caution. Right. Because it's been such a mess. Or they stay in their little enclaves and, and just stay in their areas where they, can, they, they know they're safe. And this was Mayor Daly's city, one of the cleanest. I mean, for whatever you think of the Daly family, that, that place ran. They like were an operation. An, it was an iron-fisted and they had the cops cranking. They had everything working. It was a clean city, and it was, a, for all intents and purposes, a safe city. And in the well, last I, decade I and that, a half, it's just become a yeah. I think that the wasteland. The, the riots in '68 at the at the Democrat convention kind of were the inflection point of like we've got to fix this. Yeah, and and it became because it was Daly's dad at the time, and so they, you know, then he took over. So that legacy was real. I mean, it was it was born out of a crisis. Yeah. And uh, Rahm Emanuel was very similar in the way that he he did it. Rahm, Rahm got cooperation and coordination with the police, where he clashed was with the teachers' unions. Yeah. So you've got these two kind of diametrically opposed union forces, and and yet and yet what's going on in the schools is absolutely affecting what's going on in the streets. Sure. And and the or what's uh, not going on or what's not going yeah what's not going on in schools, and and so when you have kids who are failing miserably in in their academic progress, in a in a failing district, which is Chicago, or failing system, which is Chicago, that's spilling out to the streets of Chicago, which is then you know the police are having to clean up, and the police have been demoralized in Chicago, both from the standpoint of the of the mayor Lori Lightfoot, and then also the DA, yeah. 
It's just one big mess. And so a lot of these issues coming out of COVID, coming out of this administration are going to be at the forefront of the next election. Crime, economic development, education. And there's going to be a, a definite choice. Yeah. A definite choice, and it's going to be emblematic in, in how cities are being run and how safe they are and, and how states are are growing or declining. So speaking of elections coming up and, and how things might change, so let's look around the corner a little bit. That's a nice segue. I like that. AI, artificial intelligence. We've got chat GPT. We've got, uh, and I don't know, some of you have probably played around with it. I played around with it. Is that that um, Google Assistant in my car that just will not work? Well, I don't that, know about that's that. That's supposed to be but, AI, but it doesn't work. Does it work? It doesn't work. So, so I, I signed up and, and tested out a couple things on this uh, chat GPT. Oh, you did? Yeah. I have, I've, I've refrained. It is for, interesting. For fear. Um, you know, I, I threw some stuff in, just like questions about different things, and it came up with, it's pretty repetitive. Like it'll repeat itself quite a bit, but that's just the beginning. There's a report out of Romania where the prime minister of Romania has just unveiled a new colleague to his cabinet, a deep voiced AI powered advisor encased in a mirror, which is being described as the world, the, the world's first AI powered advisor. <laughs> Government aid. The bot's name is Ion. And Might as well name it Hal. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and Ion, this is what the Romanian prime minister says. Ion will do through artificial intelligence what no human can. Listen to all Romanians and represent them before the government of Romania. You remember the movie Tron? Yes, I do. It sounds like the MCP. And that didn't end well nope. for anyone. So it says that uh, he says. So this is the this is the bot. Hello, you gave me life. I am Ion. Now my role is to represent you like a mirror. The machine said. Uh, officials say the bot will help ministers formulate policies that are more in touch with voters' everyday concerns, and will one day even be able to propose its own original ideas. So it's so, not a mirror that's going to help you work out, lift weights, <laughs> do crunches, <laughs> run in place. It's actually going to implement public policy. It's going to try. So, I, but it does. It does. Oh, good lord! I just open this. Pull up a picture of it. I, it does open up a, a whole entire discussion about what does public policy politics look like in ten, fifteen, twenty years. I mean. Well, even the AI is the one thing that is fascinating to me and frightening. And I don't know where I completely fall because, you know, have you asked chat chat? What was it called? Chat GPT chat GPT. Uh, There's something I read. Have you asked it to characterize the presidency of Ronald Reagan versus Joe Biden? Hmm. No, I haven't done that. My understanding is that it gives glowing, glowing sentence structure and praise to Joe Biden versus a Ronald Reagan or Maybe. a George W. Bush. Well, I mean, you think about who programs so, this Yeah, stuff. So, so AI is only as good as the inputs that are, are, are right. placed in it. So that there before leads me to we need to get more 
freedom-loving people in technology and in this business because if the inputs are really important, then the right types of people need to be doing yeah. some inputting. No, there's no doubt about that. And it can't just be like Elon Musk in the wilderness who finally decides that, hey, this, this needs to change or, the, or our future is well, and, and Musk, really compromised. Musk, to his credit, has been very concerned about AI and what it'll do. But I don't think Musk is the, I mean, Musk is a big free speech guy. He's not necessarily a true conservative. No, no. He's not a movement guy. No, but on, on, on the issue of free speech and the issue of how AI can be developed proactively, um, I think he probably has a lot of good ideas. Um, but, but you're right on, uh, in terms of technology that, that, is, that protects free speech, that, that lives in reality. Um, we need better choices. Yeah. So I think we need to delve into this AI thing a little bit more. This is just a little tease for. See, I thought you were, you know, a mirror. I, th I thought it was going to be like the, the Peloton mirror or whatever it is that you were going to talk about. Does Peloton have a mirror? No. I know no it's a, it does. Uh, well, uh, Lululemon. Lululemon. They have a mirror. They have a mirror. And Tonal. Yeah. Is that a mirror? Does it talk uh, back to you? Well, Tonal has, you know, you can do live workouts with people. You know, there or, was a kid's cartoon called, like, Snow White that did the same thing. Had a mirror. <laughs> mirror, mirror on the wall. You know, I was never the fairest of them all. So. No, and neither was I. But again, it brings me back to that, the, you know, the, the movie Tron, where, where Jeff Bridges got sucked into the computer, <laughs> the master control program. Yeah. We might, we might, I thought that, you that might be the so next, I... you know, the next thing where the AI, you know, confiscates you and your DNA and everything else. And, and I mean, it could sudden, go as bad as Terminator. It could. The rise of the machines. Yeah. Oh my. Whew. You know, that's that that's that that's just a whole other future that I hope I don't live to see if it were to come to pass. Well, I want to. I want to live a long time. So if it happens by the time I'm hundred, I, I don't know. But it, I mean, look, we need to we need to be talking about it. Because this stuff's going to happen fast. Well, and, and AI realize. is part of our everyday life. Whether people, you know, recognize that, you know, that Alexa is sitting there on your kitchen counter and you're asking it to, you know, give you the weather, or, or you're or, not asking it anything, but it's listening. It's to every listening to everything and, that you're saying yeah. exactly, and or the AI in your car, like what I have in, in in my car, the Google Assistant, that can't figure out how to call your wife. Or the AI in my car, which is a Tesla, which when I get in my car at home on a Thursday morning around 10 o'clock and I hit navigate, the first thing that pops up is Star Worldwide Networks because it knows that that's where I'm going. That's where you're going. That's even scarier. And if I get but in the car. you've allowed it to do that. If I get in the car thing. at 8 o'clock on a weekday, it knows because I'm taking Reagan and or Vinny to school. I mean, it's a, it's remarkable that that car knows where I'm going. No, it, but you, we allow technology to do those things, or we can disallow technology to do those things. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I with, guess with, I could sell my, my Tesla but. with my Google search engine, <laughs> I don't allow it to track everything I do or where I'm at or anything. That's a choice that, thankfully, it allows you to do. I it's, think your it, phone is going to tell you something different. 
Well, I don't. I have a lot of stuff on my phone that has been blocked, thankfully. But but you're right. I mean, it, it can still, um, because of the nature of technology, you you know, the phone is tracking your whereabouts every single moment. Yeah, even when it's off. Even when it's off. Which is insane. Uh, well, how do we right. get, we get here? We went to, well, we, we had to look we, around we went the from corner. the eagles to ageism to AI, yeah, to to COVID conspiracy. AI will be the next conspiracy. I don't, I don't believe in be AI. Conspiracy, right? conspiracy. Well, yeah, it's going to be there. We just have to figure out how we're dealing with it and what to how to prepare for it. So we'll have we'll have some more discussions about that. Well, hopefully, up. may my AI won't tell me to wear a mask ever. Uh, because I'm not going probably, back there. It probably won't do that because it's smarter than, than <laughs> It's smarter than Joe group. Biden. Yep. All right. That we can agree on. <laughs> that we can agree on. <laughs> All right. Have a great week, folks. Take care. Thanks. God bless. See ya.